What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Believe Fantasy Football Show with your uh, friendly neighborhood fantasy football analyst, myself, Michael Fabiano, along with the man, the myth, the legend, the legendary king, Bob Harrison. Bob, I hope you're feeling better than I am right now. Because I don't I know great. if I got a little bit of the food poisoning or a stomach bug, but if I look a little green under the gills, that's why. The best ability is availability. You're here. You've reported for duty. That's half the battle. Let's do the other half. All right, let's get to it. And uh, of course, we've got Wild Card Weekend here. Some would call it Super Wild Card Weekend. Yes. You've got games on Saturday, on Sunday, on Monday. And uh, we have got a lot of fantasy football discussions to have on the program because even though the regular season over, the fantasy season is not you can play in any sort of number of fantasy football leagues in the playoffs, Bob. Uh, why don't you go through a couple of those uh, for the folks out there who may be interested in playing in a postseason league? Yeah, I think there are a number of them out there. The most common is like a one-and-done tournament where it, it requires you to go ahead and sort out how you think the playoffs will play out, do it bracket style, just like you would for your NCAA tournament, and kind of calculate how many games you think each team is going to play and play the early guys, the guys who are high, potentially high scores. Uh, we'll probably talk about the Cleveland-Houston game. I think there'll be a lot of players in there. It'll be popular week one. And uh, and then you have to play it out through the string. So you need viable pieces around for the Super Bowl. One of the approaches I usually take in those is I pick a, con pick a conference for the onesie positions, quarterback and tight end. So that And if you do kickers as well. So that when you hit that final week, you have somebody on the other side that you haven't already played all your options. So uh, those are really fun tournaments. I know I just started working for a company called football guys. They're doing a contest. It's a hold'em contest where you essentially draft a full team uh, going into the playoffs. Then each week you have to reduce them. You have to decide who you're going to hold and who you're going to let go. Uh, those are great tournaments as well. And of course the wide range of DFS from full day slates to showdown uh, games, which are a lot of fun and, and, uh, and, uh, and a little bit different. So uh, plenty of options out there for those of us who who like to keep the fun going. Also, I think, Babs, for you and me, you know, as we sit here in the season, things move so fast and we're consuming so much. You know, I mean, my default position is Red Zone Channel, and then I try to rewatch the abbreviated versions of the game while I'm working Monday, Tuesday, and try to catch up. But I think playoffs for me is you're watching one game at a time, and it's almost like, you know, I'm still enjoying the fantasy aspect. But I can get back a little bit to the aspect of just being an NFL fan where you can see the ebbs and flows in a game and get a feel for how coordinators are setting up their opponents and, and some of the fun stuff that maybe, maybe I'd miss out on uh, during the course of the season because things move so damn fast. Yeah, you can also do a traditional draft sure. if you'd like to. Uh, we're going to be doing that over on uh, Fantasy Dirt uh, this week over on Sirius XM. And as players get knocked out of the playoffs, you just lose them. And you hope that you get the best performances from the players who uh, don't last long. And you hope that some of the players that you draft end up getting to the conference championship round or uh, ultimately, of course, the Super Bowl. Uh, before wait, we get into wait. the news and there's been quite a bit of it, um, which isn't really fantasy related, but still uh, noteworthy uh, with the NFL playoffs. They're basically here folks. Uh, and the NBA season's in full swing bet online has you covered with all the up to second odds news and scores with additional odds lines and trends and all the info on both desktop and mobile uh, you can access the world's best wagering information at any time i uh, head there today to get into the action and see all the updated odds remember to use the promo code believe b-l-e-a-v uh, to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts so bob the the big nfl news obviously of the week is bill belichick and the new england patriots are parting ways uh, Pete Carroll also no longer going to be the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, although 
Uh, there's been talk that maybe he's going to be utilized in the organization as an advisor. I don't see much from a fantasy standpoint um, in terms of these two very big uh, news items. Uh, your thoughts? Uh, well, obviously the landing spots are going to be critical for a guy like Bill Belichick, who, you know, look, the greatness is we, we all know what's going on. 24 seasons in New England, 266, 121 record. More importantly, six Super Bowls uh, while appearing in nine. So that's the most of any coach in league history. He's going to be a very popular uh, take. And it seems like, you know, the Falcons are quickly – uh, being heavily mentioned. And I guess then our interest is as much in the coordinator as the head coach, right? I think as we see some of these moves play out, the coordinator moves are the ones I'm going to have a closer eye on. We saw in Philadelphia this year where maybe losing both coordinators had a better, bigger impact than maybe they would have hoped or certainly would have hoped and maybe we would have expected. And it's something to watch for teams like the Detroit Lions where Ben Johnson is one of the hottest head coaching candidates out there. And there are others as well who are who are, are getting interviews and, and as well, they should some of this young talent coaching talent. I think you look at the coaches who were hired last year. I think the, the two Eagles coordinators having varying degrees of success, but I thought they looked like they're really well set to be head coaches. And I didn't bestow that on uh, Jonathan Gannon to open the season. I was really dismissive of him. Um, and I have to say, I, I was impressed with the way it ended the team bought in, but also Shane Steichen and maybe it didn't end the way they wanted but you could see that there's something there to build on. It just makes you wonder how, what is the difference between these hires that have the success and the hires that fall short? I'm looking at you, Arthur Smith, and I'm suspecting some of it is playing the guys that matter most. If your team is investing first round draft capital and, and offensive skill players over the last three years, maybe a more concerted effort to keep them involved and not use the ancillary pieces would be a good idea. I hope he remembers that on his next stop as a coordinator, because there will be one. Yeah, he'll he'll get a job someplace, but um, yeah, that that not that I want anyone to lose their job, of course. But, no, um, I'm not, I'm not heartbroken over the fact that Arthur Smith will no longer be pulling the strings for B. John Robinson, Drake <laughs> London, and uh, Kyle Pitts. Uh, moving on to the injury situations as we get into Wild Card Weekend, and Bob, there are a lot of them at quarterback. It's really Jalen Hurts with that jacked up finger, but he's going to be good to go on Monday night against the Buccaneers. Uh, at the running back position, Raheem Mostert. <laughs> is continuing to try and fight through knee and ankle issues. Uh, he will likely be a questionable uh, player for this weekend's game against the Chiefs, although we hope that he can get on the practice field and uh, potentially get back because Miami's offense is struggling uh, the last few weeks. And uh, a DeAndre Swift should be back this week. He did not play last week because of an illness. Uh, A.J. Dillon continues to be a question mark uh, with neck and thumb injuries. And boy, Aaron Jones has been very good yes. in his absence. So. Uh, yeah. we'll find out about Dylan here later in the week. Wide receiver, Bob, there's a lot of them, uh, and we'll go through them. Maybe none more important than AJ Brown, uh, who is dealing with a knee injury. He got hurt last week and Bob, they're talking about having him going in for an MRI. He did do the MRI yesterday. Uh, we're doing this on uh, Wednesday, Thursday. So Wednesday he had the MRI. They, you know, there's no injury report out early because there's, there were Monday games. So, uh, so we'll find out more. Tom Pelissero from NFL Network was reporting that they don't think it's going to end his season, but if he doesn't play this week, it certainly could end his season, depending on how you see the outcome of that game in Tampa Bay Monday night uh, playing out. So this is one to watch closely in all the uh, injury issues there. I just wanted to go back to running backs. Devon Achan added ribs to his toe issue. Uh, he's limited as well. So that's something to watch. But, you know, the knock on the concerns with him, Going in, or was he built to withstand the pounding? And, you know, maybe some of that, you know, 
again, I'm not going to uh, shy away from possible injury potential when I'm drafting players, but it's something to be mindful of heading into this week's game. All right. Uh, again, Miami's banged up, and then we can go. Well, first, uh, Devontae Smith, who didn't play last week, still dealing right. with the ankle for the Eagles. The Eagles are in big trouble, folks. Uh, Jalen Waddle, uh, who did not play last week, has got the ankle. And, man, even if he plays, like, the conditions are going to be so cold, Very cold in Kansas City, like zero or worse. It's going to be really hard for these guys who are dealing with injuries to stay warm, right? I, I mean, you get on the sidelines, you get out there, your body gets warmed up a little bit, and then you're on the sidelines, you're freezing your us off. Uh, it's going to be real tough for, for guys like Jalen Waddle this week against Kansas City. Uh, Amari Cooper, he's going to go this week against Houston. He's got the heel injury. Uh, Elijah Moore did not play in the finale, which we kind of – expected with the concussion. Uh, hopefully he's going to be back to face the Texans uh, for green Bay. It, it's, you know, their, their wide receivers seem to be banged up on a regular basis. Uh, Jaden Reed uh, dealing with a chest injury, Christian Watson dealing with a hamstring uh, Romeo Dobbs also dealing with a chest. All those guys uh, likely on the injury report this week to face my beloved Dallas Cowboys. Yes, I am wearing a Cowboys uniform. Will not wear it out in public though. <laughs> don't do that. Uh, Gabe Davis is dealing with the knee against Pittsburgh. So maybe we see a little bit more of uh, Khalil Shakir this week and uh, no Brown uh, dealing with a back injury against the Browns. And um, uh, we're going to have to keep tabs on his status as the weekend goes on. One of the bigger injuries, Bob of the week, and this one stunk Sam Laporta, who was the number one tight end in fantasy football. I, I won't say out of nowhere, but no one expected that. Uh, we all liked him because of the situation that he ended up in with the but no one expected him to be better than Travis Kelsey, and he was. Uh, unfortunately, he suffered that hyperextended knee, had bone bruises as well. So uh, we're going to have to keep tabs on his status. Could be Brock Wright and James Mitchell there at tight end for the Lions. And uh, Tyler Higby also missed last week dealing with a shoulder injury. Uh, a less attractive option from a fantasy perspective, though, Bob. Uh, yeah. Laporta, I don't know that this is going to affect his value in next season's drafts because it doesn't. it, it seemed really bad when it happened. But at least for me, I mean, you never know, but it seems unlikely that he's going to play, right? Seems unlikely. Dan Campbell won't rule him out. And why would he? He doesn't have to. So, yet. So, uh, my guess is we won't see him this week. Uh, and hopefully they make it further in and we'll get a good look at him. Not for our own purposes in postseason fantasy play, although that as well. But more importantly, for uh, lend a little confidence for us heading into the season that it is not, you know, something that we're going to end up hearing about. Oh, need a little cleanup, need a little this, need a little that. One of those when OTA start that you heard nothing about until OTA start. Yeah. Uh, we've got player props here too for you folks. We know you love the player props. It's a way to, uh, you know, maybe not um, replace the, the fantasy football aspect of things. I don't think anybody or anything can do that, but uh, you know, you want to have a little skin in the game, right? Get a little sweat. So Jen Piacenti, of course, the princess's prop over at Sports Illustrated has some props for the Texans and Browns. I'll go through a few of them for you. Uh, she likes CJ Stroud over one and a half passing touchdowns at plus 120 uh, and Stroud over nine and a half rushing yards at minus 110. She likes Joe Flacco under 320, uh, excuse me, under 23 and a half pass completions at minus 105, uh, which is interesting because Flacco has been bananas good and throwing the ball a ton. Uh, she also likes David Njoku over 55 and a half receiving yards at minus 110. Uh, I've got some player props that are going to be up over at Sports Illustrated for uh, my beloveds in Green Bay and then Tampa Bay and Philadelphia. We'll go through the Cowboys and the Packers first. I like Dak Prescott over one and a half touchdown passes. I, I It's juiced at minus 172. 
but Dak has thrown for multiple touchdowns in every game, but one in Dallas, every game, but one, uh, Speaking of the Cowboys pass attack, Brandon Cooks over three and a half catches. Uh, that's at plus money at plus 124. Jordan Love over six and a half rushing yards at minus 115. He is averaging 17.7 rushing yards per game on the road this year. And this one may surprise Bob. You can give your input here as well. Aaron Jones has rushed for 100 plus yards in three straight games. A.J. Dillon's banged up. The rushing prop is 73 and a half. I've got him going under. Here's why. No running back has rushed for more than 66 yards against the Cowboys in Dallas. And that's Saquon Barkley. Bob, do you think Jones could be the first or do you like this prop? I think he could be the first. I like, I like some of these props. I like, I'm only betting plus money props because I'm greedy. Um, But that aside. That aside, like you could see, you you could tell yourself a happy story on this one uh, in in favor of your prop, right? The the game script likely a high scoring affair will require a lot of passing. Um, Packers defense, you know, susceptible. Let's go, let's go kindly there. They played a little better last couple of games, but generally speaking, susceptible. So I expect a high scoring affair. If that's the case, the rushing numbers might not be great for. Uh, Jones, but the overall lot yards from scrimmage shouldn't be diminished. He'll he'll still play a big role in the passing. Uh, for Tampa Bay and Philadelphia, unfortunately, there are no props for the Eagles as of this recording because we don't know who the hell's playing for them on the yeah. offensive side. So uh, I've got some Buccaneers props for you. Uh, Rashad White over 15 and a half mm -hmm. rushing attempts over his last six games of the regular season. He saw 19 or more carries five times. Uh, and here's a little stat for you: the Eagles have allowed at least one running back or have seen at least one running back carry the ball more than 16 times against them in eight straight games. So there's a couple of <clears> pretty <throat> interesting trends there. Uh, I've got Mike Evans over 66 and a half receiving yards at minus 125 and Chris Godwin over 55 and a half receiving yards at minus 110. Why? The Eagles pass defense is garbage. garbage. Uh, so unless something changes drastically, you've got to like Tampa Bay's pass catching assets. Bob, uh, any thoughts on those props? Yeah, I think there's something to keep in mind is, uh, you know, seasons are evolutions. Things change over the course of time. And the thing that we it tends to stick in our mind is the early portion. Think of the Tennessee Titans, that very tough run defense that as the season went on became much less tough, but you know, yet still the perceptions out there. Wow. You, you know, they're easier to throw against. I feel like Philadelphia's heading in that same direction, right? The last few games that what we thought was impenetrable uh, run defense has become totally penetrable. Uh, so, so yeah, not against the Rashad white, uh, side of this thing. You're a creep dude. Um, by the way, let's, let's get off the, the whole penetrable thing. Um, you mentioned evolution. Great album by journey. Great album by journey. Um, by the way, uh, love and touch and squeeze <clears> in the <throat> city of angels. Uh, a lot of great stuff on there. You know, I had to throw something eighties in there. Let's get into the DFS bargains and fades. Uh, Robert, Go. the weekend. <laughs> now I've got that song in my head um, and I don't want to have it in my head looking at your face. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's start off with the quarterbacks with some of the bargains, Bob. I like uh, Jared Goff against the Rams revenge game, $6,200 Baker Mayfield against the Eagles who stink on defense against the pass, especially 5,800 bucks. He's probably going to be a popular play. If you want to go cheap at quarterback, my fades Tua in um, basically, you know, the, the ice planet Hoth, for those Star Wars fans out there uh, in Kansas City at seven grand. And I don't love CJ Stroud this week at $6,800, Bob. The Browns defense is very good. 
Uh, do you think Stroud's <clears> going <throat> to overcome the the matchup and, and put up good numbers? If somebody's capable of it, I think he is. Uh, we'll see what pieces he has there. Nico Collins apparently can run past anybody uh, at any given time, but uh, a different kind of defense here. We're not seeing the the Colts in their cover three that he, you know, that he he took by storm last week. So I think it's a tougher run. Uh, Cleveland, though, not quite as tough on the road as they right. are at home. Yeah. So that's something worth noting. So I think it is possible. Flacco, I think, is the guy that I'm in. I'm, I'm interested in the passing side of this. I'm a little surprised at Jen's uh, numbers there. Uh, the volume has been great. Uh, Mark Cooper, I believe the last time he saw this team, uh, tore them asunder. Uh, so uh, not saying that we'll get a repeat of that game, but uh, he and David Njoku are both should uh, definitely be in play, especially if we talked about the aforementioned one-and-done tournaments. You know, if you don't think the Browns are going to make a – or the Texans are going to make extended appearances, this is your time to play them in the first week. Uh, moving on to the running back bargains. I've got Tony Pollard on here. I liked him last week. He had a good game. The Packers uh, are vulnerable to the run, 6100 bucks, And Jerome Ford is pretty cheap at $5,500 against the Texans. You know, Jerome Ford's ceiling is not typically great, but his floor is not bad. So uh, worth a look there. My fades, if Raheem Mostert plays, I don't love him at $6,700 against Kansas City. Uh, David Montgomery also against the Rams. Listen, the Rams defense is pretty good against the run. Uh, $6,200, I'm going to pass on him. Moving on to the wide receivers, Bob. Uh, Chris Godwin at $6,200 is a nice bargain for me. And Dontavian Wicks is only $4,800 against my beloveds. I don't know for sure what the deal is with the wide receivers. We talked about the injuries, but that's going to have a lot to do with it. So keep tabs on the status of Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and Jaden Reed before you go uh, and utilize Wicks in your DFS uh, lineups. And then fades. I've got Nico Collins on here because he's very expensive and the matchup is very bad. It's not that I don't love Nico Collins. I do uh, as a player, but Nico Collins is not matchup proof, at least not in my opinion. Uh, Jalen Waddle also, if he goes at $6,500, expensive. Uh, Bob, your thoughts on Nico Collins this week? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I, you know, huge game last week. He's capable of high-end production. He's going to be the leading target. We'll see with Noah Browns there. Seems like when pieces are missing, the one piece remaining tends to really show up. So mm -hmm. if maybe Brown doesn't make it, maybe I'll be a little more interested. But the price is high, and that's the big problem for me. Uh, there are other options that I'll probably be uh, be more aligned with due to their better pricing. Uh, moving on to the tight end position, um, it's very thin. Uh, Dallas Goddard at $4,800 is reasonable, especially if uh, Devon, uh, uh, Smith, uh, Devon Smith and A.J. Brown and or uh, are out. And I would assume both would be a go, but you never know right now, man. Yeah. Uh, he'll get a lot of targets regardless against the Buccaneers. Jake Ferguson against the Packers at $4,700. The fades, Dalton Schultz at $4,400 against, against the Cleveland Browns. And Fryermuth at $3,600 against Buffalo. I mean, Fryermuth, we don't talk about it much, Bob, but like tight end's a very thin position. He was an absolute dud. Yeah, yeah. Season, well, right? to be fair, the offense was an absolute dud. He did have two good games and one super good game. Um, hope you didn't chase those points like I did. Um, and we're talking about a Steelers offense that's what put up 30 points, uh, put up 30 points in two straight games. And it looked a heck of a lot better. I, you know, and I don't know that Buffalo is impenetrable, but there uh, to bring back the penetrable talk. But uh, the uh, the the over under there is pretty damn low, and that worries me. Bob is being very creepy today. Um, <laughs> just messing with you. So, all right, let's get into stardom and sit em, Which, even though the regular season is over, again, you can still play fantasy football in many different ways. And of course, Bob and I uh, are getting involved in a lot of that kind of stuff. 
whether it's DFS, whether it's, I mean, traditional drafts, whether it's uh, one and done, you could get into a best ball kind of situation as well. So there's a lot out there uh, that you can, you can do to scratch the itch. Uh, that is fantasy football. Let's start off Bob at the quarterback position. And when I'm writing these articles and I have very few teams to uh, pick from, that means very few players. Some of this will be low-hanging fruit, but you know what? Sometimes that low-hanging fruit is the best taste in fruit. Uh, Matthew Stafford against Detroit. This is the this game has the best backstory, right? Because right. the Lions <laughs> trading Stafford away, their franchise quarterback, Jared Goff, who had gotten the ramps of the Super Bowl, um, feels betrayed, and, and he has come out and said so. And so this one's going to be a lot of fun. It'll be a doozy. Uh, both quarterbacks are really worthy starters, but the Lions defense has allowed the third most points to quarterbacks, including allowing 18 plus points to the position 10 times. So Stafford is in a very good spot uh, this week. No question about that. Um, and then, you know, you mentioned liking Joe Flacco. So do I look at yep. Flacco's numbers, 22 plus points in uh, his last two games, three of his last four. And the Texans have allowed 17 plus fantasy points to quarterbacks eight times, including seven who've gone over 19. So this is a good spot for Flacco. I totally agree. I think, and you know, this goes back to something we've discussed throughout the course of our time together here is to me, volume is a big deal, right? I mean, in a volatile NFL, the, the, the turns matter even more for us as fantasy managers. Uh, nobody's had the kind of turns Flacco's gotten since he's taken over as the starter there. And again, I'm going to contend that, that Joe Flacco has allowed Kevin Stefanski to run the offense he was hired to run, not mm-hmm. the not not the one he was forced to run due to quarterback issues. And look, it helps to have Nick Chubb, and it helps to have a strong rushing attack and a great offensive line and a fantastic defense that led to some success. But I think this is you know being able to get the ball down the field and threaten opposing defenses the way Joe Flacco has up to this point is should be we should give some credit to Stefanski for that. The quarterbacks I'm going to fade uh, this week to a tongue of a low. We talked about it. I mean, it's going to be butt cold. Um, as Burgess Meredith's character in Grumpy Old Men said, Bob Harris, by the way, made uh, a cameo in that one. Grumpy old man. Uh, and Kansas City's defense very tough at home. 13.3 points per game allowed uh, to quarterbacks at Arrowhead this season. So two is a fade. Listen, I've got Stroud on here, Bob, because I don't have a lot of options. You know, I'm not going to go out and tell people to sit Mason Rudolph for crying out loud because you know not to play him. And Stroud's coming off a 20 against the Colts. All right, I'm, uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, this season especially, right? But he had scored 16.1 or fewer points in his previous three games. The Browns have allowed the fourth fewest points to quarterback. So it, it makes you <clears> think <throat> at least that Stroud, based on the matchup, is not the best option this week, right? Absolutely. And I mean, you know, if you're playing in tournaments or something and you want to make a contrarian lineup, maybe he could be on that as, you know, I mean, I, and I, I'm saying contrarian, I think that's overstating the case because I think, in a, you know, CJ Stroud has proven to be viable, but we're sitting here and we're, we're gauging a range of probable outcomes. And to me, the most likely outcome, a big game, uh, seems like it's not on the most likely end of the scale. So I'm with you on this one. I mean, it is hard uh, on these narrower band of uh, games kind of weeks. Let's move on to the running back position. Uh, love Isaiah Pacheco this week against Miami. Uh, their defense has allowed 10 total touchdowns and the eighth most fantasy points to running backs at home this year. Uh, so that means that on the road, the Dolphins defense is pretty generous to runners. And considering the weather conditions, I think the Chiefs are going to run the ball quite a bit. Also love Rashad White against the Eagles. Now, 
you know, two months ago, maybe I wouldn't have liked this <clears> very much. And in fact, Rashad White did face the Eagles uh, far earlier in the season, and he did nothing on the ground. But the Eagles are in disarray. They've lost five of the last six. They lost to the Cardinals and the Giants, and their run defense has allowed the third most points to backs in the last four weeks. So the Eagles are not great. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles are a, a dumpster fire right now. I don't mm. know what's going on behind the scenes. I'm not sure if, if Nick Sirianni has lost that team, but it's certainly not looking good, Bob. Uh, Rashad White's going to be a big part of that Buccaneers offense uh, yeah. in that Monday night matchup. Agreed? I think it is. I, I do agree. I think it's interesting. They've, you know, changed their defensive play caller, Sean Desai, the de facto coordinator, kind of given way to Matt Patricia, who seems like things have not actually gotten better since they made that move. So, uh, so yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think this is a, this seems like, you know, I don't even know you, I mean, I think, you, well, it's probably not an upset based on the seating, but I mean, thinking the Eagles could go out in the first round of the playoffs. If you told me that a month ago, I would have scoffed. And the Eagles are a three-point favorite. So yes, um, there's they still a little bit of faith in them, I guess, in Vegas. Uh, in terms of the running backs that I would fade, DeAndre Swift, who didn't play last week, uh, fewer than 10 points in six of his last eight games. The Buccaneers have allowed the second fewest points to running backs in the last four weeks and the sixth fewest points to running backs on their home field uh, overall. And I don't love Devin Singletary this week as well. You know, he's been a pretty nice flex option for the most part from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, but he scored fewer than 13 points in four of his last six games. Like his floor has not been bad, but his ceiling is low. Right. And while the Browns defense is, <clears> isn't like super formidable against running backs on the road, uh, they're still allowing just 83.2 yards per game uh, to the position on the ground this year. Uh, what do you, what are your thoughts on Singletary, Bob? Uh, you know, I, I think the volume is there, but you wonder if game script or, you know, if there are going to be issues there. I, I, I think you have this about right. It's certainly a playable commodity as a starting running back for one of the teams that's going and a guy who's going to get the bulk of the workload. Damian Pierce is an afterthought. He's returning kickoffs, people. One of the biggest duds <clears throat> in fantasy football. Uh, people who went zero RB drafted him to be the, maybe their one or their two. And right. that was gross. Uh, not right. good. So, so I think Singletary still a playable commodity, but far from ideal for me as well. Uh, moving on to the wide receivers, uh, I've got Mike Evans as my start of the week. Uh, yes, it, it's low-hanging fruit, but he's actually had two bad games in a row. He is going to smoke this Eagles defense uh, like you would not believe. The, their defense has allowed the second most points to the perimeter. Uh, you know they're, they're in the top three in terms of being the most generous, generous to wide receivers overall. They've been really bad lately. Mike Evans not coming off of the best game, had a single-digit performance last week against Carolina. Uh, he will bounce back in a big way against the Eagles. Uh, Chris Godwin also is on that list. And Amari Cooper, who we expect to go against the, the yes. Texans. Uh, he's got the heel injury. Uh, but here's here's a crazy number. He has scored 75.1 points in the last three games that he's played with <laughs> Joe Flacco under center. Do the math. I, that's bananas. And uh, regardless of the, the matchup, Amari Cooper's a very good play. Rasheed Rice also uh, a good start this week against the Miami Dolphins. What are your thoughts on Cooper, Bob? I mean, if he's in there for the Browns, I mean, he's he's a virtual must start, right? Uh, he is absolutely must start. And and he he did say he would play this week. So regardless of the issues, I think that that's going to be fine. But again, this is another case uh, where volume matters. And you look at the attempts that, that Joe Flacco's had since his return. Uh, and I, I want to say at one point, I, you know, last week probably skewed it or the, and with Cooper out and Flacco both out. But, but I think they were, we were looking at a target share between Flacco, but with Flacco at the helm, 
uh, Cooper and David Njoku were drawing 50%, 49% and change percent of the targets. I mean, that's something you can rely on. And look, the points bear that out. Yep. Moving on to the sit and wide receivers. And this one was a tough (laughs) exercise for me this week because there's not a lot of like guys that I would feel comfortable telling you to sit. And Nico Collins is one of them. But I'm just looking at the matchup. I'm looking at the numbers. And, you know, the, the Browns defense has allowed just eight touchdowns and the sixth fewest points to perimeter receivers this year. Uh, can Collins still put up a good stat line in this one? Sure he can. But looking at the numbers, among wide receivers, he has among the worst, if not the worst matchup. Uh, so just keep that in mind. But as Bob mentioned, uh, and it is true, the Browns are much better at home than they are on the road uh, on the defensive side. And then George Pickens, who disappeared last. He had two big games, and last week he didn't have a target. I mean, that's shocking. After the two games he had previously, uh, he's got Buffalo this week, and the Bills have allowed one touchdown and the second fewest points to perimeter receivers in the last four weeks. And it's going to be cold there. It's not going to be Kansas City cold, but it's going to be cold there in Buffalo. They're talking about potential snow showers. So uh, George Pickens is going to be on that fade list for me, Bob. Uh, Anybody in Pittsburgh, not – limited to wide receivers that you even like this week? <clears throat> not that I like. Nobody I love. I, not at all. I, again, part of it is the over-under for that game, and uh, and it just doesn't look like it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I think the scoring will mostly come on the Buffalo side, so I'll be investing there judiciously, by the way. there's It's a narrow band of players I'm interested in, but uh, much much narrower <laughs> for the Steelers. And, and you know, I, I mean, I, I could play the running backs, either of the running backs, if I had to. I'd feel okay with that. I'd like to avoid the passing attack for the most part. Speaking of narrow, uh, let's talk about the tight ends because <clears> it is a very narrow position. There's not much to like. Uh, the the obvious plays obviously are going to be Travis Kelsey. Uh, I don't know that Sam Laporte is going to play, but if he does, he'll probably be in lineups. I don't think he will. David Njoku. Uh, but Dallas Goddard, uh, who has not been consistent, let's put it that way, last week had a stinker. The two previous weeks he was good, and the four of the previous five he was not. But Tampa Bay uh, has given up 10-plus points to tight ends eight times this year, including five who have gone over 17. And, again, we talked about it. Devontae Smith is banged up. A.J. Brown is banged up. Goddard could see more targets. Uh, Najoku is a guy that you're going to be playing, no question about it. Jake Ferguson also at tight end. Uh, The fades for me, uh, Dalton Schultz against the Browns. Uh, Schultz scoring single digits in four of his last five games. Uh, the Browns were the toughest defense in the league for tight ends to score fantasy points against. In fact, just four players in the position finished with double digits and only two had more than 14 points. So this is not a great spot for Dalton Schultz, and it's not a great spot for Pat Fryermuth either. Against the Buffalo Bills, by the way, Fryermuth, one of the bigger disappointments at tight end this year from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, the Bills have allowed just one tight end to beat them for more than 12 points in a game this year as well. So Fryermuth uh, is on the outside looking in. Uh, any tight ends that you uh, feverishly like or dislike that I did not mention, Bob? No, I think I'm not very feverish about any of the tight ends this week. Uh, like I, I think Tucker Craft is a viable play. He's kind of emerged as a piece, but it it might depend on, kind of like Dontavian Wicks on who all's available. Although I think Wicks might be more persistent than you know more persistent than that. I think he's emerging as a legitimate playmaker. But obviously, you know, uh, you know, I feel more confident in that. If there's no Christian Watson, and maybe if there's no Watson, it does more confident in Kraft as well. All right. All right. So we're in a wild card weekend. Uh, Bob and I, of course, we've got to make our picks, right? I mean, we've got to 
we've got to make our picks for the weekend and we got to make our picks for the Super Bowl. So, uh, Toss, our, our uh, of course, uh, our hardworking producer behind the virtual glass. We'll keep tabs on these as we go. Browns at Texans. Bob Harris, what say you? Cleveland. I'm taking the Browns as well. Miami at Kansas City. Uh, we might differ here. I have Miami. Wow. Really? Just Chiefs offense not on point either. I mean, I know. Bob, the Dolphins, I know. Bob both, Harris. Both, defense, both offenses not running right. And there's a lot of injuries on the Miami side. So I'm pressing my luck a little bit here. But look at me go. All right. I'm taking the Chiefs. Steelers at Bills. Oh, we both agree on Buffalo? Yes. Okay. NFC. My <clears> beloveds. Tosses beloveds and the Packers. I have to go Dallas. Look at the years you look at this jersey I'm wearing. Um, am I afraid? Yes. Do I have nightmares about Des Bryant's catch that wasn't a catch that was a catch? Yes. Do I have nightmares about Jared Cook's catch on the sideline in Dallas uh, on the receiving end of an Aaron Rodgers dart? Yes. I'm taking the Cowboys, Bob. What about you? I watched the Packers win a Super Bowl in the house that Jerry built. Um, not for nothing. It's been a while. Uh, I'm taking Dallas. And I don't, coach, I don't love coach of the Packers of that game. I believe it was Mike McCarthy. That's right. Uh, all right. Rams lions. I really think this one could go either way, especially <clears> with no Laporta. I'm still going to take the lions. Me too. Detroit at home. Finally, Eagles bucks. If you had predicted this as a postseason game seven weeks ago, it wouldn't even be a question. Everyone would be picking the Eagles. Now I'm taking Tampa. I'm not. I'm going to take the Eagles. I'm going to count on a little bit of a bounce back. I could regret this as the injury report becomes clearer. Um, but I feel like at some point the momentum has just gone too far in a negative direction and we'll have a bounce back. All right. So let's get into our Super Bowl picks. Um, <laughs> sure. And we will follow these picks each round and see how we do. Uh, Toss, hopefully you've got these uh, settled for us. Bob, your Super Bowl prediction is? Uh, San Francisco over Baltimore. Boy, I'm boring too, but I'm going Baltimore over San Francisco. I, here's the thing. It's hard to go like against the two <clears throat> dominant teams in each conference. Now, keep in mind, it only takes one bad week. Right. One bad week. And Baltimore has been a little bit cursed, right, in recent playoff seasons where, you know, they were a, a good team and they just came out flat and didn't play well. But – if every team plays up to its abilities, which is not going to happen, but um, we're playing the percentages here. Baltimore, who has buried really good teams this year in the second half, including the Niners, including uh, the the uh, Detroit Lions earlier in the season, including the Dolphins, and the Niners, who have beaten up on good teams as well, including my beloveds and the Philadelphia Eagles. They didn't just beat them up. They, I mean, it was... It we, was right, right. We, I mean, they killed us. They killed us, yes. Yeah, let's not understand. Those two teams, Horrible. Special teams matter. Turnovers matter. Injuries matter. All that stuff matters. Those things are not predictable. <clears throat> I'm going to go Ravens over Niners because I cannot in good faith pick the 49ers as a Cowboys fan. I can't do it. Because along my bracket in the NFC, I have the Cowboys once again losing to the 49ers in Santa Clara. <clears throat> I, and I could not pick the Niners. I hated the Niners when I was a kid. I don't hate them now. But uh, the dislike has grown in the last few years, considering that they have knocked us out of the playoffs each of the last two years. Toss, before we get going, uh, what's your Super Bowl pick? Um, you guys can hear me, right? Yep. Yeah. I think we're going to see a 94 rematch between the Cowboys and the Bills. Ooh. 
in a game for America. America's team versus whatever Sean McDermott told his team seven weeks ago in an in a in a speech that might not have been about America. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. So so kids, kids at home, take a lesson here. Be more like Bob Harris, right? Have no favorite team. When you're, you know, like have a favorite team. But I picked the Cowboys to lose. That. Well, no, but you still, I mean, you can't pick the 49ers because you love the Cowboys because you hate the 49ers. Come on, I had man. to go to something different for everyone listening out there because y'all went so chalk with the picks. You, I don't dislike the picks, it's but totally it's true. In your true. bracket, do you have the Cowboys beating the Niners or the Niners getting beat and the Cowboys having home field throughout? Uh, I, mean, real, I have real, oh. Yeah, my, really? I have Dallas. Be, I have Dallas beating Detroit and then losing to San Francisco, which um, I think is very fair. I think that's I think that's likely what's going to happen. But I got to believe, Fabs. We have to believe. See, that's that's it. It's true, and I totally get that. I'm not knocking you for that. I'm just saying, be like Bob Harris. Hate all the teams equally. It makes for a little more objective work when you're uh, picking and you're setting your fantasy lineups. That's the um, the lesson of the day, kids. Be more like. Bob Harris. Hate everyone um, equally. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for listening to the Believe <laughs> Fantasy Football Show presented by Bet Online. Uh, again, Bob and I will be doing these podcasts every Thursday throughout the postseason and then uh, into the offseason. We will have you covered because the NFL season, it never ends, even once the Super Bowl is over. For uh, the, the man, the myth, the legend, Bob Harris. For our guy, Toss, behind the virtual glass, I am Fabs. We will see you guys next week on the Believe Fantasy Football Show presented by Bet Online. Have a great weekend and go Cowboys! You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.